Hi, welcome to another edition of Bringing Hope to Alzheimer's. I'm Ann Frazier, and I'm sitting here with my good friend, Sandy Mori. And thank you for coming today. Of course. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit. Sandy has a story to tell that I wanted to share because, A, it has to do with Alzheimer's dementia, but it also is personal to me and to you, right? Right. So let's just tell us your story. Well, my story as it relates to Alzheimer's is I have a very good friend, Ann Frazier, and also her sister, Beth. And when your parents were going through their hard time, and then your dad passed away, it was all you 24-7 with your mom. And you you and Beth both, I think, approached me about possibly filling in and helping to care for her, which I thought, okay, great. That was my first encounter with someone who had dementia. And I had no idea how actually vulnerable they are and how much care they need. I mean, every minute, not because they can't do things, but actually because they can. And it's just so unpredictable. And it was a life-changing experience for me to do that. Well, you were a godsend for me because as the primary caretaker, you know, just even having an hour or two to run to the store by myself or to go exercise or to go just sit at a park, something just to get away and in do something on my own, Let's go spend time with Mark by ourselves, whatever it was at that time, it was such a great break for me. And knowing that my mom was being really well cared for, that was huge. Yeah, she's so, great. Yeah. So do you have any funny stories about Nance? Well... <laughs> There are so many white cars on the road. Have you noticed that? <laughs> that was a good one. She told me one time that she was a really good water skier, and she thought she might do that again, mm. you know, like the next weekend. And I thought that was a great idea. She Sometimes I would bring her back to my house, and she would have dinner with my family, and they just thought she was a hoot. And she was. She had the best stories. And even though I'd heard them all, for her, it was like telling them for the first time. Mm -hmm. And so it just takes someone with a little bit of, of patience to let her tell it again for the first time. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the parts when I first started caring for my parents, even though everyone in my family uh, ended up with some form of dementia, really my personal experience was taking care of my parents and right. being with them 24-7. And at the beginning, when I wasn't used to it yet, my mom would tell stories and then she'd tell them. And, and you want to say, you've already said that before. You've told me that story a hundred times. And, uh, or even getting frustrated, you know, like if you're in the middle of doing something and they want to tell you the same story again, and you're like, ah, you've already told me that. You know, getting, you have to completely get past that and be like, Every time she says it, I'm going to just act like it's the first time. And that takes the frustration out of it for me. But it also gives her that piece of feeling like she's contributing to the conversation. Yeah. And I think it also leaves her with a feeling of this is a safe person to be with to talk to. Because they can feel that tension when you get irritated. And you, you already told me that. Or we just talked about that. 
they remember the tension without remembering what they talked about. And so anyway, through that experience, I just really developed a heart for spending time with people like that because there's just spending a little bit of time with them means so much. It does. It just means the world to them. And it is not hard to do. It is not hard to do. And it's, it, like I said, it's such a great break for a caretaker. It also is a new person to talk to for them, a new scenery for them. Right. But also, like you said, I love that you brought out the point of vulnerability. Because I don't think if you've not been in that situation, you don't understand how vulnerable they are. Mm-hmm. And when my mom didn't feel comfortable in, in front of someone, then she almost repeated more often. So if somebody was frustrated with her, I noticed after I got past that and I was in the in a room and there was somebody who was like, yeah, she just said that. She just said that. My mom could feel that they were kind of getting irritated. And right. so it almost seemed like it made her do it more because she was trying to maybe cover up or I don't know what the process was going on in her brain. But did you ever notice that when anyone else yeah. came around? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And you can tell like they're not stupid. Mm-mm. They still can read social cues. And, and your mom was great at that. But yeah, they they just need someone who's going to be friendly and just accept them where it's at, where they're at right there and not expect more out of them than what they're capable of doing. It isn't their fault. Right. I always say no one ever asks for this disease. Right. So that you you have to meet them where they're at if you're going to be a positive person in their life at that time. Mm-hmm. And that's what they need is positive people who will just listen to them with an open ear, even if it's the 10th time they've told the story. Right. So since you've helped out with my mom, Nancy, you've helped out with some other people because of your heart for just learning more about this disease. Tell me more about that. Well, I don't even know if if you could call it helping out. But I just get excited when I hear about somebody who has a loved one in this situation. And my immediate response is, where are they? I'll go visit them. And so I, I try to do that with friends who have parents who are struggling. or And it, it's just a blessing to me to go and spend time with them. And even though they don't remember my name, they remember me. And mm-hmm. so when I show up, they're like, oh, it's great to see you again. And they'll just start talking about whatever. And it's such a no-pressure situation. Right. It's like the easiest visit you'll ever have. But, yeah, it, it's just a blessing to me to be able to do that. And I don't have anyone in my family currently. Praise God. Yes, that's dealing with that. But having had the opportunity of working with Nancy, I know my friends who are dealing with that have a lot on their plate. They have a lot that they're thinking about, and they're concerned about people who are spending time with their loved ones because you never know what's going on behind the scenes. Like I remember one thing I learned working with your mom is when she was really irritable, she was in pain. Mm -hmm. I did not know that. And these are things that you can clue in when you just spend a few minutes with 
with somebody. And so I have another friend who has a, a mother-in-law who is dealing with this. And so I would tell her, hey, I went and visited Mary Lou today and she was kind of in a really bad mood. And my friend would be like, oh, I bet she has a UTI. Call the doctor and sure enough, that's yep. what it is. Yep. And so just knowing little things like that and being able to touch base with them, you can head off a lot of things at the past, just mm -hmm. understanding what you're dealing with. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's a great point as well. Yeah, my mom got cancer, right. as you know, at the at the end, and she was in a lot of pain. And a lot of people don't realize that irritability, it's because something is bothering them. They're right. not just, if they're not normally an irritable person, then something definitely is going on. You are very in tune to things like that. So let's fast forward now. So since you've moved back to Kansas City, because you moved away for a little while, and then I you're did. back now. Mm -hmm. And so I started the Night of Hope, and I started the gala, and you jumped right in. So tell me a little bit about your decision to do that and and why and so forth. Well, ultimately, I, because you were heading it up, and I just yes. like you a lot, <laughs> nice. I was like, oh, I'll help with this. And, and part of it was also getting my foot into being involved in the community a little bit. I really had no idea what you were doing. I thought, you know, oh, Alzheimer's, you know, her parents had that and... I'm sure she wants to help with that. I did not have any idea about the detection, prevention, and reversal. And that's really exciting to know. I don't think a lot of people do know about that. That's right. And there are things you can do that don't cost you $100,000 a year that can help you extend your cognition beyond what Alzheimer's would would have. Mm -hmm. I mean, and and like I always say, there there is not a cure, but there's things that you can do. And and you know, and and my audience knows, if if I don't stay on my plan, then I have some issues. And so, s stress is one of my biggest issues, obviously, and uh, some other things, hormones and all that. But I've got that kind of stuff in in check. But but sleeping eating right and stress control are kind of my biggest triggers. And and you have seen me when I've had a tough brain moment. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that. And it's okay. I give you full. <laughs> it's good. It's all good. Well, I'm very honest on here about that. So, yeah. Uh, are you thinking about a particular moment? No, nope, I just want whatever you think. Hmm. Tell me a particular, if you think of a particular, or whatever you see. Well, I know that when you're not when you're not on the plan, like for instance, when you were sick, mm. it's a different Anne completely. Like you are irritable and anxious and just like I don't know. It, it's hard to explain. You just you're not in the zone. Mm -hmm. And when you are following it. And, and it seems to be better for you when you're busy. When you're like, click, 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 I'm doing all these things. You are engaged and you're doing great. When something's keeping you down, that's when things start to fall off. <laughs> People always say, when are you ever going to slow down? I say, yeah, never, well, I no. can't. <laughs> that's not you. Yeah. Can you think of a time when 
I mean, I can think of several, but I'm wondering if you can, if because I, I always try to hide them. I try to hide them, but again, you're a safe person for me. So can you think of a time when I have had a moment? Yeah. Okay. Talk about it. Well, this is not really a moment, but when we were at the football game, we went to a Chiefs game a couple of weeks ago, and we were like, you know, cheering in the stands. I can't remember. Oh, no, we turned around, and you were having someone take our picture. And this guy a few rows back was like, Ann Frazier, how's it going? And was like saying hi to you. And you're like, the look on your face was like you had seen a ghost. Because you're looking at this guy, and you're like, do I know you? I don't think I know you. And you were freaked out. I was. And... Joke's on you because you had your name tag on. Right. And he was just calling you out because he couldn't right. read your name tag. Because I forgot to take it off. But it took you a minute to get over that. Right. Because, again, in my head, right, I'm like, have I met this person before and I'm just not remembering them. Yeah. Yeah. And so that freak out in my head started like, oh, my gosh, I should know who this is. They know my first and last name. Why do I not know them? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm kind of laughing and looking at you like, Andy, you know this guy? Like, yeah. And you're like, uh, uh-uh. uh. And I, I could just tell you yeah. were you were freaking out. I was. Thankfully, he didn't let it go too long, and he right, <laughs> yeah. Or I could go the other direction and say, you know, is he a stalker? Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Like, is this some yeah, creep? Who knows? Right. Yeah. Knows. But I had my name tag on. So yeah. It was all good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I know it's hard to share those things, but I'm you know me, I'm so open about it. And anyway, it's it's. Uh, I think it's good for people to hear. Yeah, some of those things because I think people can relate. So, what have we not talked about? Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners today? I would just like to share that whether or not you have people in your life that are dealing with this, this is something we should all be aware of and just be exploring because you just never know. You never know if it's going to happen to somebody that you love or if it's going to happen to you personally. It could happen to me. Just because I don't have anybody right now in my family doesn't mean this isn't going to be part of my future. And and so I just think that getting the word out, helping people understand that this is not a death sentence, it there are things that you can do to um, to alleviate it or prolong your cognition. And we should all be doing that. That's a good word. That's absolutely what we talk about. That's what we're about is education. So um, I appreciate you as my friend. Thanks for coming and talking today. Sandy, you've been awesome with so many things in my life. We've become such great friends, and I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So hopefully this conversation was helpful for you. If you have anyone that uh, you're interested in learning more about this disease and about cognitive issues, please feel free to reach out to us. And our website is thenightofhope.com and you can reach out and we'll get back with you there. So thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time.